in three, two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And I got to tell you, my, oh my, oh my, this is another first for the No Outlet Podcast. Big confession here, folks. Uh, Not going to be a huge surprise, but I'm completely addicted to coffee. Uh, It's true. The smell, the warmth, the taste, once it hits your lips, it's so good. Coffee is the great unifier. It's a great way to start your day. It's great for brainstorming. It's good for all-night study sessions. It's good to hear, uh, to have a cup over, you know, breakups. It's good for heart-to-heart talks. It is perhaps the most versatile drink on the face of the planet. And yet, at its core, it's just hot water and ground beans. Two ingredients, but still the manner with which those two ingredients are combined can have dramatically different results. The bottom line here is that you need skill and knowledge to make a great cup of coffee. And tonight, tonight, folks, we have someone on the show who has that skill. In fact, someone that I trust a lot recently told me that this person's establishment has the greatest cup of coffee in the Seacoast area. So I had to try it out. I did. And now I know why they think that. So without further delay, please give a warm, no outlet welcome to Walter from Wise House Coffee. Walter, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Also, uh, you should have identified yourself when you came in. Come on, man. Oh, well, everyone knows who I am. I, I don't, I'm, it's not about me. It's about you. Uh, this 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 is about the guests, not about the hosts. Everyone's sick of hearing me talk. So we're going to play a oh game God. called 20 Questions. And it always starts, oddly enough, in the exact same place, which is uh, usually question number one. So question number one. So someone travels to the wonderful city of, of Amesbury, Massachusetts, for the very first time, first time in Amesbury, and they're interested in getting a cup of coffee at Wise House, but they'd like to know from you the proprietor, what Wise House is all about. What do you tell them before they show up? Yeah, so um, Wise House is the what we call the only specialty coffee cafe and roaster in Amesbury. Um, there's plenty of coffee choices downtown, but with Wise House, uh, I come from a background of specialty coffee. You know, I studied, I've had a couple different cafes in the past. Um, you know, certificates, roasting and sourcing and grading, all sorts of stuff. But what we do is we are a seed to cup cafe, meaning I'm sourcing coffee from the farm. I'm bringing it in. I'm roasting it myself. I'm the one brewing it. I'm the one pulling shots with it. So it's literally first to last finish outside of growing it. Like that's all me. So we just have a little bit of a different approach compared to some of the other places in town. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I, I stopped by and grabbed a cup and it was such a cool vibe in there. And you could tell that, you know, you, you treat it like the art form that, uh, that it is. It's a really cool place. Uh, what's the origin of, of the name? Uh, <laughs> so when I first started, um, it was me and one of my older friends uh, pre-COVID. We, you know, his band had came through San Francisco a few times when I had my cafes out there. And he said, oh, if you ever move back, we should do a cafe. So 
I moved back. We decided to do a cafe. We're beating our head against the wall trying to think of a name. And then one day we were like hanging out and we realized that his house is a historic house mm-hmm. and it's called the Wise House. And we're like, oh, Wise House, that sounds kind of cool. <laughs> and right. it just, uh, we just hopped it off of his home. <laughs> I love it. I, um, for some reason, every time I think of it, I, it my, and this is my problem, not the problem of the name. I always go to wise ass, like instantly, just because, you know, I'm a wise ass. I like people that are wise asses. So my, my brain always goes there. I got to bring myself back to house, wise house. Um, so, <laughs> got plenty of that, yeah. <laughs> so you've got, obviously, you know, you, you're, you know, seed to cup. I love that. I've never heard that before. I, I love that process. And you've had a few different cafes. So what made you, I mean, cause that's a pretty big shift from San Fran to Amesbury, Massachusetts. Um, what was the, the driving force behind, behind getting West coast to, to East coast? Well, uh, I grew up in downtown Amesbury. Um, okay. Like right in the heart of town, you know, grew up skateboarding in the mill yard, you know, I, I I've, I've got blood, sweat, and tears in that downtown sure. area since I was like 12. Um, and, you know, after I, I had some time in the military, I wanted to use the GI Bill. I was determined to, like, spend the most money I could because <laughs> it was go. on the government's dime. So I was like, oh, well, I'll go to San Francisco because it's expensive. And uh, there's a good skateboard scene. Got into coffee out there um, via wine. And, you know, we had these three cafes. Our flagship was in Berkeley. We had two San Francisco stores. And the whole time, all I could think of, like, man, this would just absolutely kill it if I was back home because there's really not as much specialty coffee in New England. Right. Uh, You know, New England has the highest concentration of chain coffee in the country. So, you know, between Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, Aroma Joe's, whatever else. Yeah, I believe it. There's just a lot of chains around here. So there's not a lot of differentiation, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's more of like turn and burn. We're just trying to get numbers through the door. So after doing the other cafes for about eight years, um, had a couple kids and realized that San Francisco wasn't a great place to be out raising children and sure. like I'll have to go home. Cool. Yeah. First of all, thank you for your service. Um, secondly, I love the fact that you're into skateboarding. So I'm actually staring right now. I'm in my studio and up on the wall is an original Mark Gator Rogowski vision board. Um, unfortunately, Mr. Rogowski is now in, in jail for heinous crime. Yep. Yep. I was, I was a big fan until that happened and that kind of changed my opinion. But I think if you were in skateboarding, you have to be a big fan. He was was a force. Yeah, no doubt. Um, All those early bones brigade videos with Tony Hawk and all those guys, they were just, you know, when you're 14, I was 14 at the time when they first came out and you're watching this, it's like back before the internet, all you have is a VCR. If you were lucky, and then to get that in the mail and to watch it, it was like you were literally going to a different planet. And now I could pick up my phone. And I could watch any video of anything ever. It's just almost too easy. So uh, you mentioned all the chain uh, coffee options in New England, which I, you know, I didn't realize that 
I don't doubt it. It sounds, you know, everywhere you drive, you see one and you, you said it, right. It's just people pushing through numbers. So for the coffee idiots out there, um, like myself, I guess, you know, so what sets a really special, you know, seed to cup, cup of coffee apart? Like when you're, when you're selecting the beans, when you're roasting them, like what are the critical parts of that process that can either make or break all the way through to, you know, how you brew it, make or break a good cup of coffee? I mean, you know, there's, there's so many steps, you know, from the farm level to when you're, you know, taking that cup out the door. So I won't dive too deep into that, but Mm -hmm. um, what I sourced from, you know, to be, to be specialty grade coffee, basically and the number might have rose slightly, maybe it's like six or 7% now because it's gotten a bit more popular, Mm -hmm. but specialty grade coffee is basically the top five to 7% of coffee grown worldwide. Um, So you're dealing with at times like a lot smaller farms, Mm. you know, coffee that's grown the, you know, proper way. You know, it's not just a crop that's like, again, a turn and burn crop, like, well, hey, how fast can we grow this? Right. You know, they're, they're using, you know, some of them are using like really beautiful heirloom varietals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's just a lot that goes into it. And then when it hits, you know, stateside or wherever else it's going, it's how it's roasted and also how it's prepared. You know, there's so much that can be done in the roast process when all the Maillard reactions begin happening. You can really manipulate the flavor if you understand how it works. Mm. You, know, you can bring up acidity. You can dumb down acidity. You can bring out body. You can do whatever you need to. Um, so I, I'd say the roast process and also just you know having the knowledge of extraction, like how to actually extract the coffee. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I, I just I I'm a huge coffee nut, and I just I love the promise of a new cup of coffee. It's like you get that new cup of coffee. It's too hot to drink right away, but you've got this potential in your hand of like, you know, you you know it's going to be good for a while. I just I, I just think it's such a special, you know, such a special purchase. And when I went into your store, one thing I noticed um, about it was it's got a great vibe, like I said, and you're. It, it appears to me, unless I was, you know, hallucinating that day, that you're completely dog friendly, um, which is great. And was that something that you, uh, or at least you were that day? Um, I'm not sure if there was like a dog club there that day, but there were dogs there. Um, is that something that you chose to do because you're a dog lover, or that you chose to do to to kind of make it a home for people that wanted to come out and chill with their dogs, or what's that about? Well, yeah, I'm completely obsessed with dogs nice. um you know i i've got some hair growing out now so you can't see it but anyone who's seen me when i shave my head i have uh, my dog who passed about a year and a half ago tattooed on the side of my skull mm. like i just you know people whatever dogs <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so i definitely wanted to be dog friendly and you know because we're not preparing any food there we were able to kind of sneak away from that you know it's sure. kind of funny like one time the health inspector came in and was like oh my god you can't have a dog in here and i was like yeah actually we can and it's <laughs> like oh well, i'm gonna get back to you on that and then she came back she's like well damn you can't have a dog in here I'm like uh-huh so uh, uh you know we we made it dog friendly as long as you know as long as your dog's well behaved you know like i can't have dogs in their marking i can't have dogs in their starting fights sure 
you know, it's okay if a dog bites or barks here and there, but like, you know, my, my shop dog now, um, we got a French bulldog named Javier. Oh, wow. And then the, the town favorite, everyone knows Bart, the Boston Terrier. Nice. Um, so they're there six days a week with me. And also my beautiful girlfriend has a lot of times she has her two dogs there too. So usually at a minimum, there's four dogs hanging wow. out. <laughs> so what kind of dogs does she have? Uh, she has two Wheaton Terriers. Okay. So See, I speak of the devil, like I just mentioned Bart's name, and he just jumped up on the bed. Yeah, of course. He's ready to go. Always ready to go. Um, so I, I know a French Bulldog. Um, I know a Terrier. I don't know the other one. Wheaton, is that what you said? Yeah, so um, you probably recognize them if you saw them. They're uh, medium-sized Terriers, curly. They get you know they have hair versus fur. Um, yeah, just good dogs. That's cool. Yeah, my, my brother is super into uh, his dog. He's got an American bulldog named Jolene. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, and he's he's got he's quite a he's a spectacle. He's got this amazing orange motorcycle with a sidecar, and he's got this bright orange uh, motorcycle jacket and like a Jedi X wing helmet. And him and wow. Joe and he'll get, he'll put Jolene in the sidecar and drive around Portsmouth, and it's like. Uh, nothing you've ever seen. So uh, I, I, I love that. Yeah, and yeah. Like you saying that right now, my kids are out there in the living room and I can hear R2 beeping and booping away in the back of an X-Wing. Nice. Cause they're watching empire strikes back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when it, I think, I think out of the three original, the best one of the three personally, um, I know most people would say the first one's the best, but I think empire is the, my favorite. Yeah, the three of them just have to listen to me give that spiel. <laughs> <laughs> it's truth. Um, okay, how many UFOs have you seen? How many UFOs have I seen? Oh, shit. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's the yeah. best answer I've ever I've asked that question a lot, and that's the best answer I've gotten. Uh, have you seen so any? Like, Let's start there. I, uh, I feel like I have. Um, yeah. You know, my mother has this, like, great story. Like, she grew up at the base of Pole Hill in Amesbury. Mm-hmm. And I I believe this is actually the sighting that's, like, one of the most well-documented sightings in U.S. history. That's, you know, what they based the, like, you know, huge focus of the Exeter UFO Festival on. Yeah. But her brothers were, like, hanging out in the yard, and they saw a UFO on top of Pole Hill. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it came down the hill, and they, like, hopped in one of my uncle's trucks and they like followed it and it was like going down 107 and then yes. like it went down into Exeter and they were like chasing this thing. <laughs> so that early on got me like, Oh, okay, maybe there's something out there. And to be honest, I was like terrified as a child because I ended up seeing fire in the sky when I was like 11 <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. No, so I'm screwed. Like I'm going to get abducted. I'm going to get like, tortured. it's happening. It's fucking crazy. You know, like, well, uh... <laughs> That's and then, uh, and then I joined the Navy. So, you know, we'd be on these deployments and, you know, you're in the middle of the Atlantic ocean wow. and there's zero light pollution and you're sitting out on like, you know, the deck at two in the morning, looking up at the sky and you're like, yeah, no, nothing moves like that. It's just stuff like spinning in circles and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, no, no, maybe it's just a satellite and this is the earth's rotation and I'm freaking out. Wow. And then it'll just like shoot away and you're like, okay, yeah, no, there's something up there. <laughs> incredible 
So I don't know. I, I, I've seen things I can't explain. That's all I'll say. So I didn't know about the Exeter UFO. I, I recently moved to a town near Exeter. And so I know they, they couldn't do it for a while because of COVID. And they came back last year for the first time. So I read that whole article. That w- Those were your relatives? Yeah, they were wow. a part of it. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. So my, my two uncles, they uh, they followed it halfway through until it sped off on them somewhere on 108. Yeah. But, you know, then it was, you know, documented by, like, a sheriff. It was, you know, some, I think it was, like, one of the town mayors saw it. So it was, like, oh, people yeah. that you wanted to be like, oh, well, that's a credible source. Yeah. You know, because if it was, like, my uncle, he'd be like, okay, well, they were stoned. <laughs> <laughs> Easy explanation. Um, so a follow-up question, what is more likely in our lifetime to have proof, like not just like, you know, I, I, am a full believer that there's something going on, but actual proof that aliens are here or fully sentient AI, which one is more likely in our lifetime? Oh man, now, now, now you're, now you're getting me into a dark space. Uh Uh-oh. Um, I think we're way too close to the AI stuff. Yeah, I agree. You know, like I, I remember, I, you know, this was like 12 years ago. I used to bartend at House of Blues in uh, Boston and mm-hmm. we did like a Boston Dynamics event. Yep. And I was like, oh man, you know, it was like torture. And then like they had one of their robots come out on stage and like, I literally had to walk out of the building. It's like, yeah, no, I'm out of here. Crazy, <laughs> right? The one, was it dancing around yeah. doing backflips and shit? Well, I just like walked out and like, I think this was pretty early on. So like walked out and introduced itself. I was like, yeah, fuck this. Wow. <laughs> you know, now you have all these, you know, AI photo generators, you know, like I think two days ago, Levi's announced that they were going to stop using. And I also have a history or a background in photography. So like it kind of hit like a lot of my friends, but Levi's announced that they were going to start using AI models versus, you know, actual paid talent to Jeez, model their clothes yes. and i'm like oh like we are there man yeah yeah and the scariest thing about that boston dynamics robot on stage like so first of all you know that what they're showing us is not how far they've progressed right number one so whatever they they're gonna put that on stage doing some kind of weird dance they've got something 10 times past that and all of it is being developed, those robots, for, like, warfare. You know what I mean? Like, how do we make the perfect robot dog with a gun on its back and, you know, impenetrable armor and all this terrible stuff? So, yeah, and, and all with AI. So it's uh, it's And I'll crazy just say, dog. like, I know someone that has the Boston Dynamics dog. No way. They, they love it. They do, like, demonstrations at school. When I told them the story about the, you know, humanoid robot he cut me off and he went that thing shouldn't exist and i was like oh so this is someone who like lives for robotics who has the dog and he couldn't even like hear me talk about it he was like yeah no that shouldn't exist i'm like okay yes we're screwed (laughs) he's got a point so being in the navy have were you able to experience or or outside of the navy for that matter but were you able to experience coffee in different countries yeah so that's uh that's where like my, my original interest began. Um, we, I was a part of a small team. Um, we specialized in search and seizures it's called the BBSS team. Mm-hmm. So visit board search seizure. And we did counter, they called it counter narco terrorism. 
so that mm-hmm. way they could, you know, <laughs> justify it. But sure. uh, basically, it was just counter narcotics deployments. Um, so we were down in Cartagena, Colombia, and we were driving around, and I there was a guy on the side of the road with a Bunsen burner, a cast iron pan, and he was cooking coffee. Wow. And I was like, oh, like that, you know, I, I was like, oh, you're cooking coffee? That's cool. He's like, oh, no, I'm roasting. I was like, oh, cool. And, you know, looking back, it was probably, you know, not great quality coffee, like his stuff he grew in his yard and he was just selling it by the bag right there. But, you know, I watched him. I thought it was cool. I grabbed a bag. I brought it back to the ship. And I noticed that the next day when I opened up my rack, it was like, oh, my God. The entire like birthing smells like fresh coffee, and everyone's like, "Oh damn, where's that coming from?" And you know, we ground it up, we brewed it, and it was like, "Oh my god, like we have real coffee." You know, like you're used to like the terrible, right? I don't know what they had on the ship by like Maxwell or Folgers, Folgers. Or something <laughs> like you know, like it, it it did what it had to do, but like not very well, right? Um, so like to have that, I was like, "Oh man, like this can be different." You know, I was, you know. I'm from New England. Like, I would go out in the morning before that, like, get, like, a, you know, 70 ounce iced coffee and, like, just have it all day. I didn't think of coffee as specialty. Right. Um, and then after the Navy, I got involved with winemaking and, you know, bartending and other things. And I learned about specialty food and beverage. And that branched into my interest. So, like, oh, yeah, I remember that coffee experience. But, yeah, I, I got to drink some cool coffees and, and I've also done some origin trips uh, after that. Oh, wow. Um, you know, me and my girlfriend were, most recently, we went down to Puerto Rico hunting coffee farms. And it was cool. Yeah. We ended up, like, you know, the, uh, with everything that's happened to Puerto Rico, there's a lot of farms that are still listed, but mm-hmm. they're not in existence anymore. Wow. Um, but eventually, we found, like, a beautiful coffee farm, and they're doing really cool things. They found a wild growing varietal out in their woods. They had it tested. Turns out it's like uh, Typica 107, I think, mm-hmm. which is the coffee that was brought from Puerto Rico and planted on Blue Mountain in Jamaica that became Blue Mountain Coffee. Yeah, absolutely. So it was like really exciting that they found that and now they're growing it. They have a project called Forgotten Forest. They're bringing it back to Puerto Rico. It's just you know, it's a really cool thing. That is cool. And that evolution of, you know, having an iced coffee and not thinking about it to getting to the point where you're doing seed to cup. I think that evolution's happened to not to the extreme that you have, you know, obviously you have your own business, but like my mom growing up, she had taster's choice. And it was always, you know, <laughs> a, a teaspoon or a tablespoon of t- taster's choice, a little bit of sugar, hot water, and that was it. And she was happy. And now it's got to the point where she has to heat her mug a certain way and she's got to make sure she uses the right amount of water. And, you know, and, and so I think everyone's realized that with a little bit of extra effort, you can get a much higher quality of, uh, of a beverage. So that, that's cool. Um, what's the best concert that you've ever been to? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, I don't know. Growing up in like punk and hardcore, I've been to so many shows that it's hard. But I would say back in 2001, maybe 2002, they had uh, Edge Day, October 17th. Okay. And there was an Edge Day show 
in Haverhill and had like, I, I think it was Mouthpiece from New Jersey. It was their last show. Um, in My Eyes played, might have been In My Eyes last show. Wow. Well, there was like 10 yard fight. You know, there was like a surprise set from Bane, a couple songs from American Nightmare. Like, it was just, you know, it's one of those shows that now if they were going to have it, it would be like, okay, it sold out in two minutes online. Tickets were $50. Everyone's happy. And it's at like the Palladium. Right. But, you know, back then it was, you know, I think it was like $11 to get in and it was at a VFW hall. <laughs> I was just about to say we used to have a VFW in Portsmouth and that's the kind of shows they would have there. 10 bucks, 11 bucks, and like six bands. Yeah, I've been there quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so another cool thing about the way you run your business, something I really appreciate, is your Instagram um, stylings. You know, it's not your typical, when you think like uh, people's Instagrams, especially like a coffee house, you know, you're, you're picturing like, you know, um, something like the beans or like a cup of coffee and a nice saying and like, you know, but you've got things like don't be a nerd and, you know, get your ass over here. And, you know, I just appreciate the way you go about it. Um, is that, is that all you, are you doing that? Yeah. Yeah. I think that so that's I, like, you know, ahead. earlier when we joked like, Oh, wise house, wise ass. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it. So I was, um, I was looking through it today and I'm like, you know, these, all these Instagram posts would make a really nice coffee table book because they're kind <laughs> of unique pieces of art that stand alone. They've got big, huge, te- you know, fonts. You can read it easily. They're all kind of unique images. Some are a little bit edgy. Some aren't. Um, but uh, I, I think it's really cool. I think it's, it's a departure from what you normally expect on Instagram. Um, so we're all about, I love local businesses. My mom was a local business owner for 35 years. My brother was too. Um, so when you're not drinking coffee in the best place in Amesbury to get a cup of coffee, what's the best place to get a bite of food? What's the, what's your favorite restaurant in Amesbury? Um, fat cats. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I, I think I'm, I'm kind of a spoiled brat in certain ways. Uh, you know, like me and Laura, my wonderful partner, like we, we really like to travel. We both, you know, spent the majority of our lives living in like bigger cities. So for us, you know, we come back to Amsterdam and it's like, oh, there's, there's good food. You know, like you can't, you can't mess with flatbread. Like that's, that's an OG. But a lot of the other places, you know, um, Oh, sorry. Big, big item here. I'm vegan. Okay, cool. <laughs> so a lot of places don't have necessarily vegan options or even understand what I'm saying when I say I'm vegan. Right. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Fat, fat cats kind of stands alone. Like if you want to go there, you pretty much have to get reservations. Wow. Um, you know, I, I don't think, I don't know. It, it can probably sit like, 30 people in there like it's not a big spot yep but their food is really good um and that's that's for dinner and then if you need lunch there is no other option besides wild garlic what's it called wild Wild, what wild garlic oh yeah 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 i've heard of that the wild garlic is not only our business neighbor they are you know directly next to us 
but Elizabeth, uh, the proprietor and chef there, like she is just such an amazing cook or chef and everything she does is, you know, prepared fresh. You go in, it's nothing to, you know, you, you go in like, oh, what is this hole in the wall? And it's just one little case that has the food in there. It's all prepared already. It's ready to go. Scoops it, puts it in a plate for you, sends you off. She opens at 11. She's usually sold out by like noon. Oh, I love that. And then she closes. And it's just, it's, you, you never are disappointed. She has the best soups. You know, her tofu is like something of, you know, something that when I feed, feed it to people who are like, oh, tofu's gross. I'm like, yeah, try this. They're like, oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. If it's cooked right, so, it's not gross. Have you tried the uh, green elephant in Portsmouth? Oh, yeah, we love green elephant. Yeah. So I, I am not vegan, but I always tell people that are going to Portsmouth for the first time to eat, I'm like, go check out the green elephant, even though, you know, you might think you need, you know, something other than what they're serving. You don't because the flavor and everything you just, it's an amazing, amazing experience. Uh, yeah. I love it. And I used to love, I love the idea of only having enough, like making a certain amount of food to sell. And then when you're done, you're done. Like Moe's, which has now become, you know, something different than it used to be. When Moe's was first a sandwich place back in the 70s in Portsmouth, there was one location. And if you didn't put your order in for a Moe's by like 10, 30, 11, you know, most days you were out of luck and they were closed up by 115, 130. It wasn't all about like, let's keep stocking the bread in the back till it gets kind of stale. It was like, we're going to make fresh sandwiches all day until we can't. And then we're going to close the door. And I just love it. That's the way to do it, you know? It's funny. At the shop, we have this, like, big, giant batch brewer. And, you know, people come in, they look at it, like, oh, I'll get a cup. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And we've never even plugged that machine in. (laughs) Like, we just have it. (laughs) You know, like, everything we do is a fresh cup because, like, I I just can't swallow that bitter pill. Right. You know, like, I I know I'm sourcing better coffee. I I know it's going to taste better, but there's something about it. Like, you know, if you're getting something, whether it's food, beverage, it, it, it should be fresh. It should be made with care, you know, and, and you know, when you go to a place and the plate comes out and you're just like, you look at it and you're like, Oh, like, so this isn't going to be that great. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, you you have to, I don't really understand how any place survives at this point yeah. without taking pride or care in it because, you know, you're, you're talking about Portsmouth, like there's a lot of great restaurants up there. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of these New England towns, like we, we joke, we call it Cisco food. Oh, my like God. Like nothing wrong with Cisco, but like, or maybe I'm making enemies, I guess, <laughs> whatever. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's the same stuff. Like, oh, cool. This burger patty that I'm eating, it's been frozen for three years. <laughs> Well, and to your point, and it's the same exact burger that I'm going to get at four other places. We were, it's funny that you mentioned that. I was just having this conversation over the weekend about, you know, if people are get if they're getting all their food from the exact same place, you know, as 10 other places, then you're kind of eating the same meal with just a different name and price. Whereas if you know, yeah. that the, the, right, if the, if the food is kind of made there from scratch, or at least partially from scratch, you know, you're getting something that's unique. Uh, and over at Health Matters in Amesbury, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what other days he's doing it, but on Thursdays, you have Chef Victor Andrade, Andrade, mm-hmm. um, talk about putting care and 
making special food. You know, he does a lot of like foraging. He's you know an amazing accomplished chef. Oh wow! Um, and everything he makes is like, you know, down to the last ingredient is like something he puts thought into. I love and that. That's definitely worth checking out too. <clears throat> so speaking of having pride, if you were going to someone again back to that person at the beginning of the the, the episode here, person's never been there, and you can tell them to order one drink that is a good. Uh, representation of what you do there at Wise House. What is that one drink? <laughs> uh, honestly, like my view is probably going to be different from most of the customers, but I, I would say a pour over or a Kyoto style iced coffee. Yep. Um, I know most people like our fan favorite there is the chocolate rain. You know, that's, mm. that's my highest selling beverage. You know, it's just it stands alone. It's not like any other drink. Um, I don't know. Yeah. No, but that's, yeah, if you just want to like taste like what the coffee really can be on its own, there's really no other way than like a straight cup, you know, whether it's hot or iced. Yeah. No, I dig that. Um, would you ever trust someone who drinks decaf? Yeah. I actually take sourcing my decaf very seriously. Okay. You know, to the point that like, <laughs> we're honestly out of it a lot of times. <laughs> um, but, you know, I understand decaf. You know, I've got plenty of people that have worked for me over the years or that I've known, you know, the whole death before decaf thing. And, you know, like I might not drink decaf, but, you know, my mom would drink a lot of decaf. Like maybe she has like a regular cup in the morning, but she'd drink, you know, decaf at other times. Or sometimes she's just on like straight, decaf spells and you know like my my absolute best friend in the world was in today and she's like you know she drinks decaf coffee can taste good and if you get a good decaf you know a nice specialty grade water processed decaf it can taste the same as a regular coffee and you know it's almost kind of admirable it's like oh shit like you just love coffee that much that you don't even need the caffeine (laughs) Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, so, yeah. I, I like that caffeine part, but, um, yeah. yeah, no, it's the only thing that keeps me on my feet at this point. So I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So you, uh, have the ability, you've got a magic wand in your hand and you can wave that magic wand in front of Mount Rushmore. And instead of four ex presidents faces being up there, it's four different types of coffee beans. Um, what are those four beans on your Mount Rushmore of coffee? Oh man, I thought you were going to let me pick four other faces and my head was spinning. <laughs> um, I mean, got to throw a naturally processed Ethiopian up there. Okay. You know, like a good Yergeshev. Uh, my, my good friend, uh, Willem Boot. He's got a coffee farm down in Panama. He, well, he also has one in Ethiopia, but he took his Ethiopian coffee, brought it to the mountains of Panama, grew it up there, became one of the best coffees in the world. So we'd have to put some Finca Lamula up there. Uh, Right now we have a really great Sulawesi coffee. Um, So I'd, I'd throw a Sulawesi up there for an Indo. And then we're going to go down to South or Central America. 
I would have to go Brazil. Interesting. You know, it, Brazil gets a bad rap because for so many years it was, you know, turn and burn crops where like the farmers are like, well, yeah, I mean, we're making a ton of money. Folgers is paying us right. by the pound. Like we're, we're killing it. Yep. But then like this younger generation has shown up and realized like, oh, we have the farms, we have the equipment. I can sell this for three, four, five, six times as much. Yep. If I put a little bit of care into it. There you go. So, you know, like uh, one of my friends, Fernando, he's got a beautiful coffee farm down there with his family. They, you know, it's called Our Coffees. Uh, you can check it out if you wanted to. And it, it's just the most amazing coffee. Like, That's cool. You, you hear Brazil and like, even when I started in coffee, I was like, oh, Brazil, yeah, cool. Maybe we'll use that as a blender. Right. And then I met Fernando and I was like, oh, so you have amazing coffee. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I took over the farm from my dad. I'm like, yeah, you did, and you're doing it right. Oh, that's amazing. That's great. So obviously, you know, the place to get a, a cup of coffee is in a, a coffee shop, much like the one that you run. But if somebody is stuck at home and they have to have coffee and they can't go out, what's the best, to your knowledge, what's the best consumer coffee device that you can get? To represent a really oh, good the, cup uh, of coffee. Hario V60. Whoa, what is that? i got to write that down. Say it again. It's the Hario, H-A-R-I-O, V60. Ooh, okay. You know, they're, it's Japanese glass. You know, they have a lot stricter regulations to what's going into their products in Japan, so mm-hmm. it's made really well. Um they're not that expensive. I think they're like twenty four to twenty six dollars on Amazon. Oh wow! Um, but you know, like you grab that, you grab the V sixty filters, and you know, you just it, it's preferable if you have a gooseneck, like you know, a kettle that has a little bit of a neck on it, so you can mm-hmm. pour more gently. But really, all I have to do is get you know water at the right temp and pour it over there and that's that's how we make all our pour overs in the shop that's also how we make all our iced coffees very cool so that's probably what yeah. i had because i think i had a pour over when i was there i remember thinking yep. it looked like a chemistry something you get in a chemistry set almost it was like really nice glass <laughs> um front yeah. and center it was cool um okay so we are down to our last question um and it's the easiest one that i've got for you and that is how can people find you? Where are you located? Where are you on uh, the interwebs? Where are you on social media? People are going to hear this. They're going to want to go check you out. How can they do that? Well, uh, social media, I try to post every day, but a lot of times the chaos of kids in the morning, I forget to. Um, but, you know, Wise House Coffee on Instagram, mm-hmm. same thing on Facebook. That's really it for social media. Um, we're at 15 Friend Street in downtown Amesbury. If you're looking for us, you're probably going to miss us. <laughs> like you, I don't know. I, I have people walk in all the time that are like, I walked past this every day for the past six months, and I never noticed it. And I'm like, yeah, well, we've been here. <laughs> yeah. You know, truth um, be told, so, that's what happened to me. So I was in Amesbury once a week, and... I literally walked right, but now I was walking by your place when you were closed. It was at night. And then I, yeah. I interviewed the the fine folks over at Empire 
and I asked them oh, where yeah. where's the best place to get a cup of coffee, and they told me you. So I stopped by, oh, and, yeah. and, and they were right. And so for to everybody out there, if you go to Amesbury or you're anywhere near it, stop by and go check out Walter's place, get a cup of coffee, hang out with uh, all the dogs that are totally friendly and hang out with him and all the kids that are running around. It's, it's, it's a real, uh, it's a really cool vibe in there. Great coffee. And if you're not in Amesbury, go check out Amesbury because it's actually got a lot to offer. I didn't grow up around the Amesbury area, but I've spent some time there in the last year or two. And it's a really cool place with a lot of history, a lot of stuff that you wouldn't expect to find and the best place to start any trip to Amesbury is Wise House Coffee. So, Walter, thank you so much for your time. If you could see the crowd here, they're on their feet. They're doing the wave. They've got big, huge flags with coffee beans, and all your Instagram posts are printed out on T-shirts, and it, it's quite a scene here. You've got a, a big fan club. But I want to sincerely, you got a, a whole family going on. They're watching a movie in the other room. So I, I appreciate you, you know, taking the time to talk to us and uh, – I love your business, love what you're doing, and continued success. Hi, right, man. I appreciate you putting up with me, pushing this interview off. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, of course, man. Have a good one. Take care. Bye.